Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk Podcast. LES is in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We got a loaded show for you guys today. We're super excited to go through a week five recap with our fastest 15. You get to hear our weird voices do random phrases again. (laughs) We got fantasy gripes, a little bit of a review of the Cougs in the NFL. It's loaded. So, without further ado... I said duel, like bool. Without further ado, <laughs> let's bool! Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! That's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! <laughs> let's go wild let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. I have to the <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude! All righty, kind listeners, thank you for tuning in again. Very much. BYU had yet another football game. It seems like they've had several in a row. Yeah. Almost as if they've played five in a row, maybe? Would you look at that? I don't know. Folks, <laughs> this was a dramatic one as BYU went up to Ogden to play the Utah State Agriculturalists, <laughs> and they came out covering the spread with a 34-20 to 20 win. Yes! BYU covered the spread as a favorite. That's amazing. Yeah, that's like the first time in a long time. Yeah, honestly, don't I, last year. I can't remember the last time that we did that this year. I don't think we have done that at all this year, have we? Not this year, no. Not as a favorite, anyway. Yeah. And honestly, taking out last year, I don't think we did in 2019 a lot, either. We we haven't had lots of blowout wins where we should have, right? Like, we usually either lose these games or play them closer than we should. But yeah. it was good to see us get the, uh, the two-score victory. Yeah, it really, really was. It was great. This was a dramatic game. I remember very up and down roller coaster type experience. Um, we had the quarterback injury. Ugh, <sighs> every time, every time we play, every like, time we need to stop scheduling Utah State or something. <laughs> Literally, like every single time that we play Utah State, somebody gets hurt. I mean, even on our story, like somebody said that you know when I asked like, "What's your preview for the game?" Somebody said, "Oh, USU is going to hurt our quarterback," and I posted that <laughs> clip of. Here we go again, and there we went again. <laughs> yeah, Utah State hurt our quarterback. At least we hurt their quarterback too. So I mean, it was like a <laughs> well, he cut it, it, it hurt himself walking off <laughs> non-contact. <laughs> that did not look pretty. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what to think. I think that's either it's five or six quarterback injuries in the last ten years. Yeah. Two to Taysom, one to I think it was Coy Detmer, mm. Bohage, yeah, yeah. can't remember, and then Bo-ho-ge. Baylor and Jaron. Yeah, I I don't it's know. What to think about I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're teaching at the Ogden Agricultural Institute, but it is not good. I mean, maybe it's all the pesticides getting to their brain. I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what, it is. It's unsavory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so There's some unsavory activities happening oh, up in Ogden. I don't know what they're putting in that Aggie ice cream. You know what was savory? Was Tyler Algier. Oh my <laughs> word. That was as savory as savory can get. Mm. Tyler Algier really performed. He really showed up for us on Friday. Oh, yes. He was a workhorse for us. 
for sure. Yes. He seems almost supernatural. Like, right. I mean, it right does. from the get-go, he had a long, I don't know how long it was, was 30, it? 40. I want to say it was 40-ish something yard touchdown. Yeah. And he never looked back. He finished with 22 carries, which is, you know, good amount in the NFL. If you're starting running back, you're yeah. probably right. getting around there. Right. But... 218 yards. Which yeah, that's is almost 10 yards a carry. Ridiculous. I and cannot believe that. Yeah, three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. go along with it. They were all huge That would have plays. been a good fantasy game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish Could I had you here. imagine? Can I get Tyler Algier on my fantasy team? Oh, man. We'll yeah. get into our that's fantasy, fantasy team later. That's for the fantasy yep. <laughs> We got things to say about that. But yes. seriously. Yeah, he carried the team. Baylor went out. Jacob Conover came in. It was a little shaky at first. Yeah, it was, it was a big moment, but yeah. he settled in and you know did what he needed to, and we got the win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listening to Conover's post game conference, like post game interview, uh, he, he basically said that he came in with a bunch of jitters. Understandably, you know, he's a, he's a freshman, <laughs> true you know, freshman, yeah. right off his mission. <laughs> and but he said that once he took that first hit, that mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is a football game. I've done this before. Yeah, you know, my body can handle it." And that's when he kind of came into his own and started hitting the route, like the timing routes that they needed him to hit in order to go down and score that field goal in order to get the first downs to ISIS game. Right. And that just shows that he's a real football guy because he needs to get hit, you know, kind of wake him up. I yep. love that. Yep. And get in, the, get in the zone. Nothing exactly. better than getting hit, right? And A-Rod, <laughs> I was listening to A-Rod and uh, Tuiaki kind of talk about the game afterwards and they said that in the second half they came out uh they knew that Baylor wasn't going to start right. and they knew you know Conover was coming in and their game plan and I think this is kind of a theme that we're seeing with BYU more so when they're up ahead BYU tends to get conservative which yep. has worked because we have you know we have the players in order to do that right right but you could definitely see it in the play calling it was much more you know it was much more conservative they didn't yes, it risk it a lot which i kind of like because conover's a freshman but yeah it's didn't just want him throwing any picks or anything like that right and yep. Like something that Arod said that really hit me is like he we were out there to you know protect the team, and so they just had Conover do what they knew he could right hit short mm-hmm. routes control the game and I really like that. Yeah, um, I I mean, it's a great experience for Conover. I think hopefully it makes him a better player for us in the years going forward, and he you know learns from it and yeah I'm just happy he got us the win. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, a W's a W at the end of the day, right? Yep, yep. We got a W. We are the Utah State champs. <laughs> yes, Utah beat Utah State. There's nobody in the state of Utah that can compete with Brigham Young University in football. Rumor has it that they're digging the beehive boot out of the, uh, <laughs> the storage at the Utah boot at the Utah football facility, and okay. it's on its way back to Provo. So okay, it's about I time. Gladly <laughs> accept love to hear that. that. Oh man, so we've kind of. Gone through an overview of the game. What are your guys' knee-jerk reactions to this right after you watched it? Let's see. Knee-jerk reaction. Like, right after watching the game. Like I, I watched the game as much as I could. I was actually at a, my wife's mission reunion. Mm. So I was, like, watching it on my phone as much as I could without getting in trouble, you know? Yeah. Yep. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I did get to see a lot of it. But I will say, USU is definitely a curse. I do not <laughs> like the city of Ogden. <laughs> the city of Ogden can go away forever. We need to pull a Utah and just stop scheduling. <laughs> I honestly think so because 
they're, they haven't provided any good com- uh, good competition for us in the past couple of years. And really, they hurt our quarterback every single year we play them without fail. We cannot afford to have Utah State on our schedule if we plan on competing with Power 5 teams after we've played Utah State. So I would have liked to have seen us win by a bigger margin, but like I said, we got the W. W's W. And I must say, Tyler Algier, I am, I am in as platonically in love with Tyler Algier as you possibly can be. I love that man. Love it. He performed. Every time I saw him break out a big run, I had to prevent myself from screaming in the middle of my wife's mission president bearing his testimony. So, so I mean, that was my knee-jerk reaction. We should have won by more. I'm glad we got the W, though. We need to stop playing Utah State. Yeah. I Utah State is definitely a curse. I think we need to put in, like, a D-lineman as quarterback if we ever play <laughs> again. Somebody that we know is not going to get hurt. Braces all over their body. <laughs> um, Tyler Algier has thighs of bri- vibranium. Mm. He is insane. Like, on that first touchdown run, linebacker comes up to tackle him, and he dives at his thighs, you know, and just boop. Bounces straight <laughs> off. Yeah. Straight off. Tyler doesn't even, like, Tyler Algier doesn't it's move insane. back an inch. He just nope. boop, bounces off. He like, keeps like running. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's oh, insane. Man. He is absolutely nuts. And before the game, I was thinking about it. I'm like, hey, BOU's 4-0, ranked in top 15. I should not, you know, like, this is this is very new to us. Like, we don't deserve to act like Ohio State fans do, right? Because the Ohio State fan in me is like, oh, we didn't win by 40? I'm mad, right? Yeah. And I realized this is BYU. I don't deserve to act that way with BYU, right? So going into the game, I thought, all right, I'm just going to be happy if we win the game. And we won the game. We covered the spread. I was just happy in the end. Yep. There you go. Uh, I kind of agree. I was very relieved after that game was over because... You know, it was very dramatic. There was the injury. There was you know, some long drives that Utah State had that kind yeah. of had me on the edge of my seat a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad it went well. It could have gone a different direction pretty easily. But credit to BYU for keeping things together and coming out with the win. Um, so I've talked about, we've all talked about Tyler Algier. Yep. <laughs> um, and how he is a superhuman I think at this point, he's already a translated being. (laughs) Maybe like... The twinkling of an Alma of old. One of those 3D fights. He is amazing. And he's a national treasure. We're very lucky to have him. Oh, yes. Um, Yeah. So after letting it stew, what are your guys' biggest takeaways from the game? What was your overall outlook of this team? Before I share that, I must say that I have to, I might have to officially disown my little brother. Um, love him. He's great. But he's at Utah State and he was on like the front row of the Utah State student section. Oh no. <laughs> and he was trash talking Jake Oldroyd before he missed his kick. Oh so no. So he might have gotten in Jake Oldroyd's Dang. head. So uh, Kyler, <laughs> that's bad. Come on, man. Kyler Don't do out. that. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't do that, man. It all ended up okay because, you know, we ended up smashing him anyway. I got the trash yeah, talking a lot on Instagram. Touchdowns. Loved it. Okay, anyway. After letting this do, <laughs> I am extremely impressed with our run defense. Dan said, like, we gave up a lot of, like, long drives, which isn't uncharacteristic for BYU. But what <laughs> nope. was uncharacteristic for BYU was only allowing 22 rushing yards the entire game. Utah State had one of the most explosive offenses in the country. They averaged over 500 yards. And 230 of those, more or less, 
were on the ground. We held them to 22 total rushing yards. Wow. We kept USU out of the red zone. They had 83 total plays, only two of which were in the red zone. We covered the spread. We took care of business and played a pretty good game overall. I'm really proud of our Cougars. Yeah. I agree. I right. Like you guys said, rushing defense was phenomenal. The passing defense is what kind of got me on edge during the game. Right, yeah. However, I heard something from Riley Nelson. He's the color, uh, you know, like field analyst for uh, the BYU radio. He said, after seeing it so many times, you know, Tuyaki and Kalani will tell you, oh, we got to stop them on third downs, blah, blah, blah. But what's really going on is that that is their game plan. Their game plan is to force offenses to play within themselves, take 10 yards on third and 10, and make them do that all the way down the field. Hmm. And I have not been able to get that out of my mind, because if you look at the stats, if you look at the scores of these games, it's working. We're all mad at Tuiaki and Kalani about the scheme, but if we're being honest, like Utah State only scored 20 points. Yeah, not bad. And they were averaging, like, what, somewhere in the 40s? Yeah. So it's like half of their normal average. Exactly. And like you like you said, Justin, we only allowed 22 yards on the ground. They were averaging over 200, right? So we're limiting them. We're forcing them to beat us with the pass and take these sustained drives. Hmm. And I just, I can't get that out of my head. I really think that that may or may not work long term. So, something to look out for. Anyway. It's working this year. Yes. So far. <laughs> I think we looked in control from the beginning of the game, which I really liked. And even with Conover in, our offense didn't hiccup too much, and we stayed in control, which is something that we haven't done in the past, right? We've given up these games to G5 opponents. So, overall, very happy. I want to keep watching that defense to see what if what Riley Nelson said was true. Yeah, that's really interesting what Riley Nelson said. And every time I watch... BYU on defense it reminds me of another team that I'm a fan of. Um, it's time for some football story time. Oh, okay. Alrighty. So there's an NFL team that for now shall remain unnamed because they literally, literally don't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a lot of hype going into this season. And the biggest thing about them is their defense. Interesting thing about them in the past um, five drafts, I believe, well, not including this year, but the four before that, they've drafted a defensive lineman in the first round. Wow. Which is pretty interesting. The last five years. Yeah, so, well, four years in a row, not, including, not counting this draft. Oh, okay. Wow. So 2017 to 2020. So four... Straight first round yeah. linemen. They got nice. two interior linemen and two edge rushers. And so they have a stacked D line, but this year their defense has been very disappointing. I would know bit, because yeah. I have them on my fantasy team. <laughs> and <laughs> not doing you good. They got this week they did decent, but last week they had negative eight points. Negative eight? Just because and it's kind of the same thing. Their run defense is pretty good, usually, but their pass defense cannot get it together. It seems like every third down, they give up like just barely enough to give up the first, and it just keeps going for whole drives. And that reminds me of BYU. So if it's true what Riley Nelson is saying, um, that would be very interesting. And you know, to his point, it has worked better for BYU than for Washington. 
because they're five and zero, and Washington is two and two. <laughs> so that's something I'll be keeping an eye on for sure. Our run defense. Talking about BYU now, I was very impressed. Like Justin said, our pass defense is. I think we have the talent. You know, Malik. Was it Malik Moore? Yeah, Malik, Malik Moore. He Moore. got that huge pick in the first quarter that, that was sick. really yeah. set the stage for the really game. Cool. So I think we can be really good if that's our scheme. You know, I can't really complain because we're five and zero, but that's something that has been frustrating me <laughs> for sure. <laughs> watching the games and watching us give up long drives, and Tyler Algier just makes our whole team so much better. I think yes. it doesn't matter who's in that QB. Because he'll just make their job so much easier with this, oh, yeah. you know, getting five yards of carry on first and second down. The QB doesn't have to do much. And negating every interception that the quarterback throws. <laughs> True. <laughs> Even if them. they throw a boneheaded pick, he'll run and get the ball back. <laughs> uh, I love him. He makes our team better, and our team is pretty good, it seems. 5-0. Yeah. yeah. Top 10, some say. Some say. AP voters. <laughs> yes, sir. So moving forward, what are you guys' outlooks like for the rest of the season? For me, it's just keep winning. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like Dory said, just keep winning, just, just keep winning, just keep winning. We just need to keep winning. I love that we're taking care of both the tough teams, Arizona State, Utah, mm-hmm. and we're taking care of the bad teams, Arizona, USF, and Utah State. Now, Kalani is not the guy that's going to run up the score, right? He's not going to have her. He's not going to be the guy that has Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Brad Nessler saying, you've got to act like you've been here before, <laughs> coach. Passing the ball with this much time left? No. So, as long as Kalani keeps doing his thing and keeps winning, like... We can't be mad with that, right? Like, yes, we'd love to win by 30 against bad teams, but if we keep winning, if we go 12-0, and I there's no reason to complain. And as far as the defense is concerned, run defense, like they sold out to sell the run against Utah State, right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic job. And if you guys looked, Lockdown. we played a lot of man defense. We did. We, right? We, we did played play a lot, lot of man. man. And our corners held up fantastic one of the passing touchdowns was against his own defense mm-hmm. and the other one was they just beat us on man which it was Devin Tompkins right yeah and oh, we were yeah. in a one deep safe <clears throat> we had one safety deep and we had a you know just 1v1 on that so you kind of you know his guy's better than our guy right there but for most of the game Devin Tompkins was a non-factor right yeah he had a few like big receptions late he did end up with 125 yards but it's not like he was making a huge impact. Yeah. Right, right. They weren't moving the ball down the field really explosively like they want to, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm super impressed. I think one of my MVPs of that game, just kind of going on a rant about the DVs because I used to play DV, oh, yeah. was Caleb Hayes, dude. The yeah. transfer from Oregon State. Yeah, a big breakup. He, like, play after play after play was just locking his man down. So shout out to that guy. Anyway. Getting back on topic, just keep winning games. That's all I can hope for. All right. For me, moving forward, we need to get and stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, we just played Utah State is a I'm – not, I'm not going to say that they're not a physical opponent because they are, but we just played three straight Power 5 games. Then we played USF, and our guys were kind of like not 100% because they had been Definitely. battered up the last three weeks. Some mm-hmm. guys got hurt. Some guys got hurt against Utah State. This next stretch of the schedule, we need our guys. Mm. We need them for Boise State. We need them for Baylor. We need them for Virginia. We need to get and stay healthy. And I think if we do that, we can survive and we can win and we can win out. 
we don't have a bye until after the Virginia game. Our bye comes in like week nine or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We don't really have time for our guys to recover. Conover looked decent, but our ceiling is much higher with Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney at the helm with a healthy offensive and defensive line. And if we have that, like Jared said, all we got to do is put our head forward, win one game at a time until at the end of the year, that 12-0 and shows up at the end of our stat sheet. Yeah, I think if we look back at this game at the end of the season, it'll be a lot more than just a win. Because I think, you know, it's our first true road test. We're going up to Logan, which is, they hate BYU. <laughs> it's a hostile environment. It was, yeah. And, you, and I mean, yeah, sorry. It was, misspoke there, Ogden. It was very hostile. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tough place to play. Yeah, it was loud. Say what you will about Utah State fans. It got pretty loud up there. The fan base is passionate. And we responded. We had a lot of adversity. And I think our defense especially, they showed that they can step up in big moments and, you know, control the game, bail out our offense if there's an injury or, you know, if something goes wrong like a turnover. I have full faith in our defense to respond. And I think that's huge going into our the rest of our games going forward because we do have a couple more hard games on our schedule where we'll need that. So it's a very character-building win, I think, that will help us a lot more than just as another win. No, I totally agree. Like you said, that atmosphere was nuts. And the fact that we were able to go in there and keep our composure, we didn't let it get out of control emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. The Like you said, it was character-building. That proves a lot about the character of this team. Yeah. And I really liked what I saw. I mean, speaking of the fans, shout-out to our boy Mark. Yes, Mark, Mark was a guest on the podcast not too long ago, if you remember mm-hmm. him. He was at the Utah State game in the, the Utah trip. State student section wearing BYU gear, oh. cheering on the Cougs. Shout out, Mark. Undercover cop right there. <laughs> Love it. An agent. <laughs> Love that guy. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say? Any other uh, little nougats? Nougats. nougats. <laughs> Some nougat. Let's see. Uh, I don't think I have any more nougats off the top of my head for that game. Uh, just really proud of our boys. And let's keep going. Yeah, uh, I had one Pukunakua. This is the mm-hmm. second day or second game in a row that he's led the team with reception or not with receptions, but receiving yards. Receiving yards, yeah. Is he starting to come to his own? Are we going to see more Puka? Because I love. I think so. What I see from him. I mean, he's a he's a guy that can. He has so much big playability. I feel like because he didn't he doesn't always lead the team in receptions or targets, but when he gets the ball, he makes it worthwhile. He does. He gets a he lot of plays. yards. Right. He's I very mean, athletic. That guy, I, I just love watching him because of how like passionate he gets. Yeah, That's when he's like, fa- he was like stiff arming that guy, right, and then just basically grabs his face mask and starts shaking his head. <laughs> the Nakua brothers are so fun to watch. Just They're because, very like, fun. They are the epitome of like a trash talking, dirty player, but they can back it up. Yeah, so, yep. shout out to the Nakua Definitely. brothers. We love them. We love so having them fun on the to roster. have them. And let's be honest, when me and Dan were in high school, like we hated Puka. We did. Because he was that. He was the guy that would trash talk us and then go out into the field and he would back it up. Yeah, 100%. Dominate. So you couldn't like pull any strings on him because he was that guy. It's so go frustrating. Jared at DB. Oh, I, I'm just glad I never had that. Never had the cover up. Yeah, goodness me. And one last thing. Okay. I know I'm bringing up tons of stuff. On one of Algiers, it was that big long one, the 67 yarder that was almost a touchdown, but his arm yeah, was down. His forearm. 
The Nakua you, block. Yeah. Oh, I Huka saw that. pancakes his guy. Yeah. And then runs stride for stride with Algier as like a wingman the whole way. That and was, I was just so impressed by that. Like he's a workhorse and he's not afraid to, to get that. his hands dirty. Anyway, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, good win. Let's move on. Bring on Boise State. Alrighty. If you guys have any uh, questions, comments, or last thoughts about the Utah State game, hit us up on yeah, Instagram and know. Twitter. And if you guys have thoughts about the upcoming games, let us know. Hit us up. Message yeah. us. Let's get the dialogue going. Let's do it. It's a good time to be a BYU fan. Let's enjoy it. Heck yeah. All right. So now we're moving into our ad reads. So we will be back right after this. This episode of Let's Talk is brought to you by Trader Jose's Super Sour Scandinavian Swimmers, Sour Chewy Gummy Candies, and Sea Life Shapes. Have you ever wanted to try a sour gummy worm, but then you looked at it and you're like, you know what? I am so tired of worm shapes. Worms are so basic. I want something new. Who wants to eat a worm, honestly? Behold, our latest deep sea discovery, a whole new school of super sour swimmers. These brightly colored ocean-inspired gummies in the shapes of starfish, seashells, Tangfish and dolphins, nope, no worms, dolphins. pack a pleasantly puckery punch. Stow a pouch of these tantalizingly tart and fruity gummies <laughs> along with you on your next movie night, road trip, or submarine voyage. These things are delicious. I highly recommend them to you on your next submarine voyage. Please, go check them out. Make it take traces of milk. Distributed and sold exclusively by Trader Jose's Martin of California, 91061. Scoo number 65556. Store in a cool, dry place. Alrighty, fantastic. Go get yourself some Great of those stuff. sour sea crawlers, Scandinavian swimmers. Super sour Scandinavian swimmers. Oh, sour yes. chewy gummy candies. <laughs> Can I just say, when they talk about submarine voyages, these really are the best snack when you're in your submarine. Let <laughs> really? me tell you. Yeah. Alright, I always Amazing. thought it was going to be like Cheetos or something. It, but... No, it really helps you get in the you know, submarine mood with all the, the sea okay. creature shapes. Dan is actually a submarine expert. Highly recommend it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What, what color is your yeah. submarine? Uh, if I told you, I would have to kill you. Oh, okay. <laughs> nobody asked Dan about Let's it. Leave it at an that. expert, but nobody asked him about it. Alrighty, moving on. <laughs> um, so uh, we're just kind of going to recap week five of college football. Can you guys believe that it's week six already? Yeah, we're going into week six. <sighs> we're almost halfway done. We'll be 6-0 and by the end of this week. It's flying by. That's, we're only going to play 12 regular season games. Uh, we're going to be halfway through. The uh, NBA is starting up in like a week, two weeks. I, uh, um, there's, oh, man. This, little, this football season is going by too fast. What is the NBA doing, to be honest? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, the NBA can wait until like... They can wait their turn. Halfway through January. Until, I, like, I like how we're saying the NBA... You know, as if, like, there was a ruling organization. We all know it's just LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron James, you need to tell Adam Silver to just postpone all games until after college football is over. Yep. Or at least only schedule games for days that college football is not on. But even then, there's too much on my mind right now. I'm not going to be watching any NBA until after bowl season is over. Same. Oh, man. NBA, you can schedule your games Wednesdays at 6 p.m. That's the only time. Wednesday. (laughs) 6 p.m. Mountain. Yep. Until college football season is over. Yeah. And uh, just a quick little NBA note. They should disband referees from the NBA. How do you guys feel about that? Just let them play? Yeah. Street ball. Yep. No more of this, uh, look at you, it's a foul. Breathe on you, it's a foul. <laughs> you know? I, well, I don't you know. rolled the ball to me? 
Technical. You're ejected. Technical. <laughs> they should keep technical fouls just because those are kind of fun to see happen. <laughs> when the ref gets really into it and like teases him up and throws him out. It's always fun to watch. There should be technicals and charges left. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Because charge calls call, are always yeah. great, too. Refs always get really into that. You know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. The charge call is this, and the technical is like this. They should just have baseball umpires come and just sit on the scores table, and then every so often they just blow their whistle and do some really violent action. With <laughs> You're out of here! <laughs> that would honestly be good for the sport, I think. Great for the sport. Take notes. <laughs> okay, okay, so moving on, we're going to take a quick look at BYU's opponents and how they have fared this season. We all know that we have been praying for Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State to do better for our strength of schedule ratings. Arizona and Utah both had buys. So they didn't do it. Well, they didn't lose. So good job, Arizona and Utah. We'll the only way Arizona can. Arizona didn't lose for once. Shout out to Arizona State, who beat number 20, UCLA, 42 to 23. Hopped into the top 25 rankings. Really, really, Welcome really back. helped us out. Thank yeah. you. Welcome back. And they look like a good football good luck team. to them. Yes, yeah. they did. They looked good. Works That's up. great. Uh, USF was in the game with SMU. But ended up losing 41-17. Got Big away from them. Was, was yes. in the game. Got away from them late. Now they are 1-4. I think they're better than people think, but they are pooping the bed. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And USU, we all know what happened there. Yep. So let's just skip that. <laughs> How great was that? Boise State, kind of perplexing. Yeah. They lost to Nevada at home. Ooh. Now, Nevada's looking decent, but Boise yeah. State... You know, was at home, lost to them 41-31, and they're now 2-3 and three on the year. 2-3, and three, but still nationally respected. Yeah. So 2-3, yeah. nobody's saying that Boise State sucks. They have three respectable losses. To yeah. UCF, to Nevada, who is one of the best G5 teams out there, and to Oklahoma State. Right, which mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is now ranked number 12. So Speaking of Oklahoma State, they beat the Baylor <laughs> Bears 24-14. Baylor Dang dropped it. out of the rankings. They're now 4-1. We're hoping that maybe they can sneak back in by the time that we play them. Yeah, yeah. Next week, right? Uh, yes. not, not this Saturday, but the next. October yes, October 16th. 16th. Yeah. After and Boise State. They're 4-1, right? They're still receiving votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the main worry is just that they looked so bad yeah, against them. Yeah. Washington State, they won a football game Ooh, again. So that's sure. great for them. They beat yeah. Cal 21-6, to which is that's pretty good for uh, Washington State. They are now 2-3 and three as well, looking... Uh, to be on the upswing, maybe they'll you know be 500 when we play them. Shout out to the Cougars. Yeah, the other Cougars. Virginia, unfortunately, beat Miami. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, unfortunately? Bad. I, I think that's very fortunate. Well, if you don't want Cheez-Its in your toes, then <laughs> it's unfortunate <laughs> from my perspective. Miami had a chance to win it, but missed their field goal in the closing seconds. Tough break for them. Virginia is now three and two on the year. They're they're looking decent. They have that one left-handed quarterback who's been making He's some waves. Slinging it around. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to that matchup. Yeah. Idaho State. Um. So they are FCS, mm-hmm. and they are zero and four in the SCS. Oh, FCS. No. They lost to the E-gad. Kings of the State of Arizona, Northern, Northern Arizona. Arizona University, forty-eight to seventeen. So, ouch. So Idaho State might be able to beat Arizona Tough. because they both lost Ooh. to NAU. That's good. That'd be a good yeah, match. We'll yeah, we should we should make that happen. Georgia Southern did a little bit better. They beat Arkansas State. Arkansas State really struggling this year. Beat them fifty nine to thirty three. Put up almost sixty points. Now two and three on the year. They'll be a respectable win once we get it down the line. Finally, USC. 
um, kind of up and down season for them. Really, they're nice. coming off a big win against Colorado, mm. thirty-seven to fourteen. So good for them. They're now three and two on the year, um, but third, fourth in their Pac-10 division. Third in the Pac-12 South. Fourth if you include BYU at number one. Okay, <laughs> which we do. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do. Yeah. So USC not looking like the team they were supposed to be at the beginning of the season. Supposed to be a really big game, you know, last week for BYU against them, but hopefully they keep winning and end up being at least decent. I think yeah. they are in the frisky category. Yeah. We'll see about USC. USC looked good against Colorado, but who this year hasn't looked good against Colorado? Colorado made Texas A&M look good, and Texas A&M sucks now. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Next week will be a more telling story of USC. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big game. Anyway, let's get to the rest of college football, the uh, relevant, very relevant portion. Yes. Going to hit into our uh, fastest 15. Okay. Cue the music. Okay, everybody. Let's check out Mr. Andres Borengales. He confused the game with a Vikings slash Titans kicker tryout, blowing the game-winning field goal and handing Bronco and Virginia a victory 30-28. Danny, how are your feet feeling? Ready for the Cheez-Its? Crunchy. Yum. <laughs> and Maryland... Ended up not being so merry after a 51-14 shellacking from Captain Kirk Ferentz. The Hawkeyes reminded everyone of their place on the food chain, feasting on seven little turtle turnovers on their way back to the sea. Ole Miss absolutely schneidered the bed, giving the nation its biggest letdown since the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And that's big. Big Al Loki the elephant cut off the Johnny Ribs. Oh, <laughs> cut the Johnny Ribs off at the pass. Faster than Lane Kiffin cut off that poor sideline reporter just trying to do her job. My popcorn was ready, Lane. Where you at, bro? Bama smacks Ole Miss 42-21. to 21. Lane Kiffin or lame Kiffin, am I right? Return missionary Tanner McKee dunks Oregon straight into the baptismal font in an overtime thriller. The Ducks have been born again, hallelujah, as playoff outsiders, and the Pac-10 is back to Hannibal lectoring themselves. Stanford Trees win, 31-24. Whoop! Ah. Cincinnati beats Notre Dame, 24-13. We could have written something extremely witty for this game, but there was a 96% chance it would have been sacrilege. That's likely. We'll leave it at this. The church is true. True that. Which church? Mm. Pig. <laughs> Woo, pig sucky. Oh, the Razorbacks have razor burn after being oh, absolutely uh, booty womped by Ugga and the Bulldogs. You hate to see that. Kirby Smart spammed down B and the ham Harry Pittman couldn't figure out how to counter or oh. breathe. Georgia murders Arkansas 37-0. That was a slaughtering. Suffocating. Oof. Kentucky shocks the world by wrestling the poor chompless Gators down with a 20-13 victory that will likely send Dan Mullen through the checkered goal line finish line onto the hot seat. Somebody get him some Gatorade. Yeehaw! <laughs> will Jolly Rogers torch the Aggies' vineyards while the master was away, throwing for 408 yards and three touchdowns? Not a fisher of quarterbacks. <laughs> Jimbo is now officially in limbo, seeing how low he can really go while telling Mike Leach to hold my overrated middle-of-the-pack SEC team beer. 
Mississippi State upset, upsets Tamu 26-22. Spinter sand in his boots saying, I throw my balls into the air. I don't care. I love it. To the tune of three picks. But luckily the Cowboys gundied all the bars down, winning 24-14, to making BYU's upcoming game at Baylor look a lot more winnable. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles quickly turned into Los Diablos, while the Bruins choked on every pitch pork thrown in their direction. Oof. UCLA's quarterback decided to DTR with the AP poll, but quickly got friend zoned and left out. ASU wins 42 23. Jake Hayner in the bold. Oh. <laughs> um, Jake. The same one, Jake Hainer and the Bulldogs <laughs> went on a surfing trip to the island to hang 10, but quickly went over the falls and wiped out, turning the ball over once for every major Hawaiian island. That's six. Kawabummer, bro. Hawaii wins 27-24. In the biggest game of the weekend, and nail-biter of the century, Vanderbilt flushes the toilet bowl, sending Pukan down the sewers with a 30-28 last-second victory. Lincoln Riley had to bring in professional rule analysts in order to hoodwink Kansas State out of the best onside kick we've seen in a while. The Big 12 should double kick Oklahoma out of the Big 12 for acting too much like the SEC by crying to the refs over every call. Oklahoma gets the dub, 37-31. Cheap. Boston College's quarterback had one too many butterfingers before the game and fumbled the ball in what turned out to be the game-losing drive. Clem suck looked worse while winning 19-13. Not even ranked. Gary Patterson and TCU got turned into Gary Sarkeesian's son Ooh. as the Longhorn Skowampus the Horn Frogs, downgrading him to slimy little tadpoles once again. Slimy, bloody little tadpoles. Evolution. Texas gets the win 32-27. De-evolution. More like it. Hey, hey. <laughs> Alright, so that was the 15 games of the week that we wanted to review. That uh, was, was great. Might need some water after that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Sound like okay. Coach Joe. All right, we're back. Okay, <gasps> now let's talk a little bit about fantasy gripes. And I really wanted to talk about this because I am quite upset. Uh-oh. Well, I'm happy but upset at the same time. Okay. So I was I was actually playing my wife in fantasy this week. Oh, okay. oh that's a but I was down by I think it was about twelve points on Monday, and I had one player left. It was the tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. I was struggling. I was struggling. I was looking. It was the fourth quarter. I was still down by like four points. I knew I was going to lose. I was so upset. But then fourth quarter, he scores a touchdown to give me a two-point victory over my wife. Okay, I'm super pumped. Finally won. Okay, life is good. But then David Montgomery, he's hurt. He's out. Mm. And man, golly, like he was averaging like over 20 points a game for me. And I was so happy about that. The next best running back I have on my roster that isn't like a starter averages like 11 points and it's not so i tried to go to the waiver wires to see hey maybe i can pick up one that's been doing sneakily well the best running back on like the waiver wires averages like six points a game so i don't know what i'm going to do for the next four to five weeks while montgomery's out i think i'm just going to lose every game that's rough well dang (laughs) i am peeved (laughs) yeah i had a bit of a nail biter myself i was up by i don't know 25 points going into monday Maybe like 30 points, actually. Ooh. And I still add a receiver and a kicker to play. My opponent, Joe, who was previously on the pod, went mm-hmm. 6-4. and four. Shout out, Joe. 
Um, he just had one running back. And by the end of the day, I won by less than a point. <laughs> it was a nail-biter. <laughs> his running back, um, uh, Austin Eckler or something is yeah. his name, he went off, had like 25 points or something. Huge game, helped them get the win. My receiver had one reception. Oh, for 11 yards. Yes. Nice. No touchdowns, of course. Powerful. And my kicker had one point. Oh, so solid. I should have won by a lot more. His running back had a great week. My receiver and kicker laid an egg. And what makes matters worse, on my bench, I had Cordervel Patterson. And he torched the Washington defense. <laughs> had three touchdowns, over 100 all-purpose yards. No. Like 35 fantasy points. No. So... It was a double insult because I didn't play him, one. And two, it was against my favorite team and <laughs> my starting defense. It was a lose-lose was, then. This is a bad week, but I still won by a sliver. At least you got the dub. Got the dub. That's what matters at the end. Uh, my fantasy team just sucks. That's my gripe. Let's move on. Hey, you still won. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, the team that you were playing just happened to suck a lot more. Just had like two players not play and have <laughs> yeah, two other players got negative take, points. Yeah, she oh, forgot boy. to take players out of her starting lineup that were hurt. So. Yeah. But my team is absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. The stink whiff squeezers. The stink whiff squeezers. You don't say. I really, I did it in when I named them the stink whiff squeezers. Yeah. And my That's logo worse. is an outhouse. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's my bad. That's anyway, great. Sorry, squeezers. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, in the NFL, we had our boys do very well. Zach Wilson, yeah, he uh, was his coming out party, as they say. Got his first mm -hmm. dub. First dub in the NFL. First he win. beat the Titans in overtime. Yes. So shout out to Zach Wilson. Two touchdowns, one pick. So, I mean, he, he played a really good game. And one of those touchdowns that he had, did you see that, like, 56-yard bomb that he had? Yeah. The ball was in the air for, like, 56 air yards. It was incredible the way he threw that ball. Yeah. He almost had 300 yards passing. Yeah. Which is yeah. huge. Good right. milestone. He really did play really well. Good for Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, Taysom Hill. Did you guys see his plays? <laughs> he had some just that absolutely That running touchdown was just monstrous. absolutely, I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm stronger than you. And you, and you, and you, and, and like you. the five tackles <laughs> he broke, broke on the way to broke the about end zone. Five tackles. Oh man! He finished with two touchdowns, um, and twenty-eight rushing yards. Okay. Mm -hmm. He also had twenty-six receiving yards. Oh. And nine passing yards. Oh. <laughs> he is very fun to watch. And a pick, unfortunately. But oh yeah, he, he threw, threw the he ball like pick. three times, and one of them was a pick. Yeah. <laughs> Not the highest QBR, but. That's all right. I mean, he contributed. Yeah, and he's on a team with Jameis Winston, so one pick is... Hey, good <laughs> job, nothing. man. That's it's all, nothing. It's all picks relative. are encouraged in that offense. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Speaking of picks, let's move on to our picks of the season. Uh, Shout out to Dan. Dan got Thank first you. place Thank last you week with a 7-3 record. Be here all week. <laughs> Second place was me at six and four. Then there's Jared who went a measly five and five. Wow, Dude, wow. my first week I was nine and one, and I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then after that, I've been five and five every single week. Five and five. Yeah, you that's consistent. Rough. That's a rough look. Yeah. Hey, it's at least none of us have gotten under five hundred. So yeah. yeah. 
God bless Arizona could State. Be, could be a lot worse. <laughs> but you allow, yeah. Arizona State was the last team that was playing. If Arizona State lost, Jared would have went four and six. So we were all Ooh. keeping a close eye on it. Yep. Yes. But uh, shout out to Danny. He took the lead. Yes. He is now at 25 and 15. Yeah. Jared and I are both at 24 and 16. So it's a, still a really tight race. Still a tight race. Shout out to our guest picker, Riley, who tied Joe for the guest picker lead at six and four. Yes. So if it ends Impressive. up coming down to them two. We'll have to have him, I don't know, fight to the death for the box of cheeses or something. Uh, Yeah, or we could have him do like bull picks and whoever wins the bull picks. You know, that, that's probably safer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I go with that one. <laughs> um, anyway, as far as upset picks go, all three of our upset picks hit this week. Hallelujah. Plus, so Justin, yours was <clears throat> UTSA over UAB. Liberty. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Liberty, Liberty over UAB. UAB. Liberty won outright. Yep. So that's three points. Very impressed. Yep. I had Michigan over Wisconsin. I was I very don't lucky. I count that. <laughs> that shouldn't count, but <laughs> yeah, you get it. But yeah, so Justin's the lead with four. I got three. Danny, you got a point? Got a point. Yep. Louisville was seven point dogs to Wake Forest, and they only lost by three. There so you go. Louisville covered. I'll take the point. And then our guests, so with the upset picks, it's like us three against the guests, uh-huh. right? And so our guests finally got a point as well. Riley, shout out to him. Shout he out called to Riley. the Kansas State-Oklahoma cover. Mm-hmm. Riley's killing it out there, man. Yeah, he went six and four, now tied with Joe. So, yeah, we're, we're the uh, only guest with an upset pick point. Yes. So, our, shout out to Riley. Good our guests him. are uh, they're stepping up their game. They're stepping yeah. it up. So let's talk a little bit about the top 25 now. Uh, Clemsuck, now unranked. And we love to see that. Clemson is out of the top 25, and I hope they stay out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, yes. They better. Uh, BYU is now number 10, too. I mean, officially yeah. top, top 10. 10. Clap it down, out. But <laughs> clap it out for BYU. I mean, we've had them. Actually, I can't speak for Jared, but Dan and I have had <laughs> BYU in our top 10 for like four weeks straight now. And the AP yep. voters finally caught up with what we already knew. So Completely unbiased. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Pure fact. Uh, the SEC is kind of leading the nation right now because they got Alabama and Georgia, who right now seem to be in a league of their own, right? Yeah. yeah. They, like, Georgia is absolutely fadoodling people. And absolutely. Alabama has also been looking really good. I don't think they're as good as Georgia, but we'll get into it later. But yeah. the Big Ten has five teams in the top 11. What do you guys think about that? That's impressive. That is impressive. Yeah, I think that's the most by any conference in the top 11. Five yeah, I mean, teams. That's like half the top 11. They've got <laughs> just less than the top 11. Let's see. They've got three and four, Iowa and Penn State. I know Ohio State and Michigan are in there. Michigan State is on the rise. Yeah. Good for that conference. Yeah. Shout out to the Big Ten. The Big Ten is really stepping up because the ACC, we always knew they sucked, but they suck even more this year. <laughs> Pac-12 is really sucking too. So it really, it's a two-horse race between the Big Ten and the SEC. And the Big 12 is slowly coming behind. I mean, they do have a few undefeated teams. They have Oklahoma State and Oklahoma that are undefeated and Texas that is on the up and up with right. only a loss to Arkansas. Yeah. But, you know... There'll always be a step behind those two conferences. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to our biggest riser of the week, Kentucky. Kentucky. After beating a whole team that I was really high on, so shout out to Kentucky. You know, they had some weird things going on. Kentucky blocked the field goal, got the kick six. Um, oh, man. Which was exciting. That, that was, was incredible great. to see. But yeah, Kentucky went from unranked to number 16, just like that. Boom. Yeah, just in one week, they jump nine spots. <laughs> They're now 5-0 and on the year. Yeah. Are you guys SEC. buying or selling Kentucky stock? Selling. 
Yeah, probably selling. <laughs> At 16. Full sellout, dude. Yeah. Like, Absolutely selling. Kentucky is... That Florida game was like the weirdest game, like... I don't think they Kentucky beat Florida at home after Florida was having like a hangover week. So Right, right. I think yeah. I think Kentucky is not as good as they, people think they are. They've got a few tough games coming up too. I think LSU winnable, but and they go they've to got Georgia. Ar- Arkansas, Georgia. <laughs> we'll see if they stay that highly ranked. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. So yeah, I'm selling sell while tie. <laughs> Pump a dump. Yep. I, we <laughs> pumped it. Now it's time to dump it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go into our top. So we've been doing our top tens. Now that we're kind of going more on the Instagram, we're going to do our top four and then maybe two or three lurker teams. Mm-hmm. And we'll release the full top ten on our Instagram. So go check that out if you want to yes. see our first our Top 10, see if BYU makes it where they fall, blah, blah, blah. The top 10s will get posted on Instagram tonight, as well as the podcast. So, yeah, go ahead and check it out. Yep. All right, Justin, start us off. Who are your playoff teams right now? Right now, my playoff team is number one, Georgia. Okay. I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. Georgia is better than Alabama. I think they really proved it this last week. Number two, Alabama, because I do think Georgia and Alabama are just a world above everyone else. Number three, I have Penn State. I think Penn State is really... I think Penn State might come out of the Big Ten unscathed. Wow. I think they could win out, and they could maybe win the Big Ten championship, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, I was going to throw Iowa in there, but I think Penn State's going to beat Iowa this week and knock Iowa out of playoff contention. Ooh. So at number four, okay. screw it. G5 team. Let's throw Cincy in there. Cincy is my number four team in the nation. You love to see it. So now a couple lurkers. We got BYU, of course. I think BYU can has some upward mobility given that ahead of them they have Oregon, which is or sorry, it's not Oregon. They have they have a few teams ahead of them that are likely to lose in the next couple weeks. In fact, we have the Iowa, Penn State head to head, even though it's not going to necessarily no knock the loser out of the top fifteen. Right. So I got BYU lurking, Michigan lurking, mm. and watch out. Ohio State might have figured out how to play football. Yeah. Big win. Big win Huge against Rutgers. Huge win against Rutgers. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my top two are the same, Georgia and Alabama. If I had to pick right now, I'd probably go with Alabama. Just cause, Interesting. You know, they have, I feel like they have more star players. They, they always have Bryce Young is having a good year. Great numbers. Yes, he is. Probably because of his five-star receivers that he's got (laughs) and his amazing defense. Alabama, I think, is the more talented roster still. But I I must say Georgia has probably had the more impressive wins this season. So that'll be a really great game if they ever play each other in the SEC championship. From the SEC championship, yeah. Yeah. Um, Then you got Iowa and Penn State from the Big Ten. I don't know who's better. Iowa just had a shellacking against Maryland, (laughs) as we said. Penn State, I think, throughout the whole season has looked more consistent and better. So those are my top four teams now. Obviously, I don't think all four of them will make it with the conference championships and stuff. I don't know what will happen. But lurking on the outside to steal one of their spots, I have got to give some love to Cincinnati after they beat Notre Dame. It would be great for a G5 team to win. And then Ohio State and Michigan are both you know, on the rise this year. 
seems like every week they're getting better, and that'll be a great matchup when they play uh, at the end of the season. So keep an eye on them. And then BYU, it'll be hard for them and Cincy to make the playoff, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's not I, hope, I hope they win out and you know at least make a conversation. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm with you guys. I actually have the exact same top four as Danny. Georgia, Alabama, Iowa, Penn State. Here's my reasoning. Georgia, I think, looks better than Alabama. I think Georgia is kind of in its own tier, and I know we like to throw Alabama in that tier as well, but I am don't think that I'm ready to throw Alabama in the same tier as Georgia. I think Alabama is in the same tier as Iowa and Penn State. I think these three teams, I think Iowa is the Alabama of the Big Ten. The only thing is Alabama gets five-star recruits. Iowa does it with three stars and two stars. Okay. Right? Because you never hear of, oh, this ESPN top 300, he goes going to Iowa, right? Like, <laughs> Unless he's like a center. Right? Yeah, or a yeah. fullback. <laughs> yeah. a lineman or a fullback. <laughs> yeah. So I think Iowa, but they do the same thing, right? What do they do? They play great defense, and if you make a mistake, they make you pay. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Alabama does, right? Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. Alabama does. Iowa just does it in a less, less like sexy fashion, right? Yep. And I think Penn State is a like a carbon copy of Iowa. I think even though their offenses don't look the same, they're the exact same team. So I'm excited to figure that one out. And then my lurkers, kind of like you guys, I got Michigan up there. Mm-hmm. I think they're scary good. They got to watch out going to Nebraska this week. Uh oh, Nebraska is better than we thought. Yeah. They okay, are. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, right now. Martinez figured out how to throw a football more than half a yard down the field. So yeah, shout out to him sure into did. the arms of a D lineman. And uh, <laughs> so watch out for that game. Since he, I got in there. I also got BYU kind of lurking. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing: since he and BYU, they need to win out. Yes, yeah, they, they need to win out they both do. of them. I know some people are like, ah, we want, you know, we want Cincy to lose because then they'll still be on your spot in the New Year's Six. I want to force the committee's hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to have Cincy and BYU 13 and 0, 12 and 0, number five, number six. I want to see what I want to force them, you know, into a decision so that when they make the wrong decision, we can all storm the Capitol. I mean, oh, yeah. we can all riot. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <clears throat> yeah. So I, I am cheering for Cincy. Yeah. Also, that would be very exciting. I have a, a tweet from Greg Rubel that you guys are going to like. Okay. Oh let's hear it. Greggy. So our friend Greg. Says BYU has allowed fewer than 28 points in 17 consecutive games. Holy cow, oh. really? Yeah, so 12, 17. Yeah, so seven, yeah, 17 consecutive games. That is the longest such streak since an 18 game streak in guess what year? 1984. 1984 to 1985. <laughs> is that? <laughs> Defense wins championship. We're winning the right? national championship, confirmed. And this is so funny Little because dog alert. <laughs> what do we talk about most, right? We talk about the defense, how bad the defense is, how we need to change the defense, how we need to fire two. But look at what he's doing. Yeah, he's doing what he's doing, he, the yeah, recipe for success. Good. Less than twenty-eight points a game. I, I don't know. That's just something to think on, everybody. That's your nugget of the day. Nugget BYU of the is day. winning the national championship. If they next week can hold Boise State to fewer than 28 points and match that 18-game record. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle alert. <laughs> 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 All 
All right, everybody, that is our show for today. We really hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of Les Talk. If you enjoyed listening to it, please rate and review, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, contact us on Instagram at Les Talk Pod, and on Twitter at the same handle. Make sure you're visiting us on our website, lestalkpodcast.com, and let's get some communication going. Uh, we're posting content on Instagram almost every single day. We yeah. got reels going up Good now too. Stuff. Oh it's, yes. Yeah, it's it's cringy, it's fun. And yeah, <laughs> so please go ahead and check it out and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. <laughs>